You're listening to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Osorio. I'm the author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose. I'm also the founder of The School of Reinvention, a community-based coaching platform where we help people define success on their terms and reinvent themselves to make it happen. I believe that as the years pass, our values, passions, and purpose evolve, and we must reinvent ourselves in order to stay aligned with who we really are and what matters to us. This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the School of Reinvention podcast. I'm your host, Roger Osorio, author of The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion, and Purpose, and also the founder of The School of Reinvention. Today, I'm really excited to have a special guest, Erica Echavarria, who is all about self-improvement, passionate about helping others, and enjoys traveling the world. She was born in Colombia and moved to the U.S. when she was 13 years old and learned English as her second language. Erica became a U.S. citizen in 2011, graduated from the University of New Haven with a B.A. in criminal justice. She then went on to obtain both a Connecticut and New York State real estate license. She has been the personal assistant to best-selling author, TV, and radio personality Mike Greenberg from ESPN for 10 years, and she has devoted many years to personal growth and community service through leadership organizations, including the well-recognized international nonprofit organization Junior Chamber of Commerce International. She joined that organization in 2012, rising from a local chapter president to New York state president and eventually to social media assistant to the 2017 world president of the JCI. In 2022, she was recognized by JCI Canada with the Outstanding Global Woman Award. Her latest adventure is starting a lifelong dream of owning a fine art and stationery business called Echi Creations based in Connecticut, where she currently lives. We are excited to have her here to share some of her stories about her own personal reinventions, going all the way back to your university experiences. Erica, thank you so much for taking some time to share some of your insights with us. Thank you, Roger. Thank you so much for the invitation and thank you for the great intro. Oh, my pleasure. Well, I'm excited to dig right in. You know, we had a really great prep session. You shared so many stories. Obviously, you and I have been dear friends for a very long time now. So I've heard some of these stories, of course, before. But I wanted you to start us off with one that I think kind of helps kick off your journey. And let's go all the way back to when you were in university. One of the things you shared with me was this idea of like, you know, how you obviously went into a different career than your major. And and of course, there's the part of the student loan debts that, you know, you had to take on, which is something that I can totally relate to having also taken on many student loans in order to fund my education. So I'd love to hear your story as it starts right there at university. Okay. Um, Thank you for that. Well, it certainly is an experience that has shaped me with my university because I remember that when I was in high school, I kept saying to myself, if I don't get into University of New Haven to do my criminal justice degree, I am not going to go to school. And my goal was to get into the Ghost Guard and then ultimately FBI and all these things. And throughout the years, that was my plan A through Z. So I just worked really hard to go through school. And then when once I graduated, I wanted to leave as an officer to the Coast Guard when I graduated. And I started my paperwork with the Coast Guard. Just a lot of things happened and I wasn't able to join. It hit me really hard because like I said at the beginning, I said to myself, 
this is the only school I applied to because I wanted to get my criminal justice degree to go to the Coast Guard. So what am I going to do with my life right now? It was really, really tough because I didn't want to become like a police officer or anything like that. And no disrespect or anything, but it's just like not something that I was envisioning myself doing. So I remember that I kind of like sat down, I cried for a few minutes and I was just like, okay, that was my plan A through Z. What do I do now? And especially because I had such an like crazy debt, I put myself through school. So I was paying my own gas, my own uh, meals, my own everything. So I knew that either I had to work or how was I going to pay the student loan, which amounted with, I had interest rates of like 13% interest wow. rate. which is kind of insane it is it is totally not fair especially when you're studying exactly so i was kind of like in one one of those moments that i was like oh my god this is amounting to over a hundred thousand dollars which is really crazy for someone who was just like 20 years old 21 years old and even when i was in university I, i had various jobs i was working i had three jobs actually I was like, okay, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And especially with the debt. And I always say, and no, I know we always talk about this because you've known me for, I think, almost like 10 years. I'm a very blessed person by the people that are around me because they bring a lot of value to my life. So at that moment, I was thinking, what can I do? So I met this incredible person. His name is Winthrop Baum, who ultimately became my boss. We became very good friends. I met him through volunteering. I do a lot of volunteering, like you mentioned on my bio. And we were talking about this idea that I could make some extra money by starting an eBay store. And I was like, well, I don't have a lot of experience managing my own store, but I did have some experience as I worked at a gift shop. I was a supervisor at a gift shop. I was like, okay, let me try it. And this is a funny part. The first time I opened up the eBay store, and this is for vintage perfumes and wallets and things like that. The moment I opened it, I like I opened the business, I fell completely. I mean, it was a disaster. My store was closed. I <laughs> it, it was a complete disaster because there are a lot of things that I did wrong. So eBay closed my account eBay completely took me off and I was like, oh no, this is not good. But I learned my lesson. I was like, no, 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 no. Let me try it again. I was able to open another one or to open a new store. Uh, Now this time I did it correctly. And I said to myself, everything that I'm going to make from this business, which was just simply something on the side, I want to profit from this to pay off my student loans in less than five years. So I was working really hard on posting things, learning about descriptions and pictures and things. And and I spent a lot of nights because I remember I will stay until like one, two in the morning in this little tiny warehouse that uh, we have just trying to do the inventory and running it as a real business. Fast forward a few years later, I was able to pay off my student debt, which was more than $100,000, not just because of that. But it contributed a lot to me paying off my loan, which also empowered me because I said, well, if I did that, I bet I can do anything. Wow. So, yeah. So that was a Christmas. That's powerful. (laughs) Thank you. 
and that's my story with my university and, and with paying it off, you know, it's like everything I was doing, it was contributing to it because of the interest rates and everything, but it gave me the opportunity to do so much more. It, it, I felt like it gave me freedom when I did that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've gone through similar experiences with my own student loan debt. I can totally appreciate how you almost feel handcuffed by this. You know, you said something in your story where after you graduated and you knew that you couldn't do what you originally intended to do, what you wanted to do, all of a sudden you're like, well, what do I do now? But that was kind of limited by, well, I also have to go get a job like ASAP right away because I need to start paying off these student loans or they're going to get worse. Tell me a little bit about how it felt to have to make that first pivot. It feels like that first pivot in your career was not one that you obviously invited. It was kind of put upon you because the Coast Guard path was shut down. Tell us a little bit about that because I think that's really important. You know, sometimes we decide to reinvent ourselves. Other times it's forced upon us. Oh, definitely. I mean, I did not see that one coming because it was, you know, many years of preparation for it, many years of dreaming about it. But then the moment that it happened, I got the call from someone from the Coast Guard and then just like, oh, because of some stuff, I was disqualified. And I was like, oh, no, I'm just like, oh, no, what am I going to do? But like I mentioned before, I feel like I'm a very, very blessed person by the people around me. When I was studying at UNH, I was also babysitting. And at that time, I was babysitting for Michael Greenberg's kids, you know, like for his family. I was with the family. And he was one of the ones that um, knew what happened. And one of the things that I always will share with everyone is that no matter what kind of job you have, you have to show your best. Like you have to do your best because he was the one who offered me the job to be his personal assistant, but it wasn't because I was just me. It was because every time I was working, every time I was at his house with the kids, I was always showing myself as a very smart person, someone I was offering to do more than I was asked for. So I was always asking like, can I help you with organizing this and that? I'm very good at organizing and managing like administrative work. So I was always trying to show that I was very capable of doing other things. And I just offered without, you know, so they always kind of had that in their mind. And it's like two months after I got the call from the Coast Guard, Michael called me and he said, oh, would you mind coming to my house um, at 6 p.m.? And, and I was like, why is he asking me? Usually I go through Stacy, his wife, to speak about the kids and everything. And I arrived to the house. The kids didn't know. So they were kind of laughing like, oh, why, why are you here at this time? And, and I'm like, I'm a little nervous because I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and Stacy and Michael are sitting in the living room with me. And he offered me the job. He actually said, I've been looking for a personal assistant for years. And I think you are very capable of doing it. And this is the funniest thing. You know, like I'm going through so much at that time and I didn't have a, a stable job. And he says like, oh, I want to offer you this job, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, think about it for two weeks. And in my head, I'm just like, what am I going to think about? This is like a clear yes. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? I'm going to be his per like his personal assistant and everything. And the hours were very rough because we usually like left at like three, 
45 in the morning every day to drive up to Bristol, uh, where ESPN is. But then it was a great experience. It still is an amazing experience. I'm still working for him. That was one of those things that I was like, at the end of the day, I was so thankful that even though my head was always like, oh, Coast Guard, Coast Guard, Coast Guard, that I, I was always showing my best self in all the things that I was doing. So you never know who's watching. And that's very important. That's powerful. That's powerful right there. You know, so many things come to mind when you share that story that I think are really insightful for others to think about because we can recreate your success by understanding your process. And the things that stood out for me were one, you know, you talked about how always doing your best because it doesn't matter. It's just like, this is who you are. This is your brand. And it doesn't matter if you're babysitting or, you know, in my case, parking cars at times, like with two bachelor's degrees, I just absolutely strove to do my absolute best, show my best self, bring whatever unique talents I had. Let me bring it to this game. And it's hearing your story. That's exactly what you did. You brought all of yourself and we've known each other for 10 years. And everything you described that Mike said about you, that's how I would have described you even back then. Like when I was just getting to know you, you know, that came through like loud and clear, just how responsible, thoughtful, considerate, intelligent, all of these things combined. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, to help somebody who's doing that kind of demanding work totally makes sense to have a rock star like you on his side. And I remember the early hours, you know, what it took to get that done. You used to tell me some of those stories about waking up at three in the morning to, you know, go pick them up, all those kinds of things. And so I think that bringing your best self to everything you do was one of the things that stood out. The other thing that you mentioned that I think is also important to lift up is that, you know, being around like different people, you know, you were doing this kind of work and connecting with someone like Mike. It's so important to put ourselves in these situations where we are connecting with other people. Maybe it's like in your case where it was a working situation, but it doesn't always have to be. Sometimes it's networking like you did through JCI or as you connected with Winthrop and got to know him and he became your mentor and eventually your boss. All of these people you were connecting with, you were bringing different humans into your ecosystem of life. As you did that, you also embraced their support. And one of the things I talk about in the journey to reinvention is this idea of the guiding angels we meet along the journey. People who we meet for whatever reasons we meet them, but along the way, they become guiding angels. They remove some obstacles. They open some doors. They lift us up when we get knocked down, just like you shared that Winthrop did when one, to get you started with eBay. But then two, when your first page didn't work out and you got shut down, you know, to get back up and start again and turn that into an opportunity to pay off your student loans. So a lot of great, great insights coming out of these really powerful stories. I, I absolutely love them. Thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that it's easy to tell the story, but sometimes it's hard to live like making those decisions. So I'm still very thankful that I've met all these amazing people. And with Wynn, he's my angel. He's well, both Michael and, and Wynn, there are my angels, but Wynn especially. I actually met him because I was volunteering. And he's in real estate. He's an investor, developer, and he owns a big building that he provided a space for us to do an event. And I thought he was the manager of the building. And I go to him. This is on a Saturday. So he was moving. He had sweatpants and everything. And I go up to him to thank him for giving us the space at the building. 
to do our event and we connected very, very well. I was like, oh my God, he's the kindest person I've ever met in my life. And after that, we became very, very good friends so much that six months later, I started volunteering for him. He had some things that I was like, you know, let me help you organizing this because it's going to drive me crazy. (laughs) So I love it. I love it. I I remember like he has a big building that's 265,000 square feet. So he has a lot of spaces and the keys were just all over the place and the key box was a mess. So I was like, let me go door by door and make a system for the keys and And then after that, he said, why don't you become a real estate agent? Why don't you work here with us and then just do it on your free time? And I thought about it and I said, well, that's kind of like a great idea. I love it because it's almost like running your own business. So he became everything to me. My mentor, one of my best friends, he became my angel. He became a father. He has done that role very, very, very well throughout the years. And he's one of the most important people in my life because he's always by my side and he supports every single little thing that I do, even if it means being outside of real estate. So, and that's very beautiful because it goes back to what you mentioned before with the people we surround ourselves with. And it's not like about what they have, but the values that are within them because they bring the best out of you and they show you like the way to life. And Wynn is one of those people who he's so kind. He helps everybody. And Michael is very, very kind too. He's so good to everybody. He's such an amazing boss. He's such an amazing person. So I get to learn from both of them. They're amazing, amazing mentors. So at the end of the day, I'm insanely grateful because even though my first dream didn't happen of with my school, I feel like I just wouldn't change anything about my life. I will not change anything because it's everything that I've gone through and all these amazing changes and just trying different things. It's made me the person who I am today. And everything has always been about that part with showing your best self, showing what you're capable of and giving everything from the heart because you can't just expect anything from anyone. But when you do good, good karma comes back to you. And that's how my life has always been. I try to give a lot, but I, I'm always compensated in other ways that I can't even describe because I am a very blessed person in my life. And it all comes from trying to be a good person with good values. So that's where, you know, like where my, my two jobs are. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love this, you know, because one of the things that comes out of those stories is that, like you said, the Coast Guard career path, what you wanted initially didn't work out. And as you started moving forward, you know, the key there is you were moving. You didn't always know exactly what you wanted, maybe long term, but you moved. You looked around and then opportunities like, hey, why don't you consider becoming a real estate agent? And in the moment, it sounds like that resonated with you. And it could have also not resonated with you and maybe something else would have. But because it did, you gave it a try. You said, let's pursue that. And I think that's one of the things that I have found by talking to other people who've reinvented themselves and also experiencing on my own journey is that when you're moving forward, you don't necessarily always have the clearest long-term like North Star. You have a fuzzy idea of where it is, 
But in the moment, you have to make some decisions and you are guided by what resonates with you, what connects with you. And this at the moment connected with you, the eBay opportunity connected with you, working for Mike as his personal assistant connected with you in that moment. And to your point, none of these things could have been planned. You didn't go to university saying, I'm going to work for a real estate developer. I'm going to work for a best-selling author and TV personality as a personal assistant. I'm going to launch an eBay business. I'm going to get into uh, real estate and become an agent. Like you didn't, none of these things. You had one plan, Coast Guard. It's like you said, (laughs) plan A through Z was all wiped out. All wiped out. Like that didn't work. It literally sank. You're like, oh no, that's not good. But (laughs) that moment was crazy. (laughs) I bet. But the great part about it is, and as devastating as that was in the moment, it didn't throw you off completely. You know, you picked yourself back up. You found other amazing people that could join your journey, and that really helped you along the way. And I think that's incredibly powerful. The other thing that really stands out about that as well was something you said about Wynn and the role he plays as almost like a father to you and definitely a mentor and all these things, where even when your goals, your desires, your dreams go off of the path of real estate, which is, of course, what is aligned for him, you know, that's his path that's okay. Like he is happy to help you out. And I think that's one of the most amazing parts about when we find these guiding angels on the journey is that to your point, they're going to support you no matter what you want to do. And, and, you know, obviously you and I have been dear friends for a long time. And I've heard you share these stories about how supportive Wynn and Mike have been to all of your endeavors, your ideas, your experiments. And it didn't matter that it wasn't always aligned with their interests. That's what makes them angels, I think, is that it's beyond the alignment. Like, the alignment no longer matters. You don't have to be aligned with their goals. They are just now, at this point, they're going to help you because you've brought your best to them. It's almost like, hey, the least we can do for you is bring our best for you as well. And I just love these stories. (laughs) Yes. I practice a lot of gratitude every day. Even I say it to them and I send them messages or I say it in person, like, oh, you're the biggest blessing in my life because I want to really manifest that. They have no idea how much their support with my, like you said, my adventures, my just experiments and everything. They're so supportive that it just makes it very easy for me to take those steps forward to reinventing myself each day with something new. And thanks to that, I've been able to do a lot more with my life, like even after paying off my student debt. So I'm going to share a piece of advice from Wynn. I kept asking him all the time, hey, um, now I'm starting to be able to save money because I paid off my student loans. I paid off my car. I'm debt free, completely debt free. So I was like, I want to invest. I don't like to spend money on things that are unnecessary. So I was asking, I want to invest, I want to invest. And he connected me with a financial advisor who's very close to him. And this financial advisor was one of the guides that I had through my years. Even when I was paying off my loan, he was the one guiding me. This is what you have to do. This is da da da, like the steps and everything. And once I was able to pay it off and I started seeing like, oh my God, now I'm able to save. I can travel. I can do so much more. We opened uh, different accounts, like life insurance account. We opened a Roth account for my retirement. And then I started investing in stocks, which now my account has, I've been investing for a few years now. So my account has been growing. And it's all thanks to the discipline too and the people around me because I had my guiding angels 
I feel like a lot of people think that, oh, no, I have so much debt, I can't save. Oh, no, I can't do this because of this. No, it's like you focus one step at a time, but you really have to focus. I was putting everything I was making into paying off the debt. But the moment that I started saving is like, okay, I'm going to be serious about it because I do want to retire early. I want to be able to live my dreams. I feel like everything's the mentality, the way you see it, perspective. Because I, I mean, I didn't, no one was helping me. No one was giving me money. I put myself through school and now I can say I'm in a very good position in my life where hopefully I can retire early but it was all through dedication and working really, really hard, fighting those, you know, like how we call like the mental demons of, no, you can't do it. You can't do it. Yes, you can. Even if you start, I started with nothing, absolutely nothing. I started at minus $100,000, $130,000. And now I'm doing well, you know? So the obstacles that exist are only in our heads. Don't get me wrong. I still have a lot of obstacles in my head, but it's just trying to overcome them. And then by having those angels in your life that push you hard to, hey, do this, do that, they bring value to your life. And one of the advices that I was going to mention about Win is that um, I said to him one day, you know, like we know so many people, we are connected with so many great people. Why is it that a lot of the people that we work with or the people that are around us don't take advantage of the type of people we have in our network to grow. I love what he said because he's like, why would I even go to someone and tell them, go and talk to this person? For example, why would I even mention to one of our coworkers to go and speak to a financial advisor if they're not interested? So you have to be the one to go up to people and ask for help, to ask for mentor me, ask, I want to learn. How can I learn? You have to have the desire to do the things. And then once you manifest that desire, all these things, not that it comes as a miracle in your life, but you open those doors to the mentors to be open to sharing their knowledge with you. So I always think that's very important because I'm always asking, I always want to you know, reinvent myself. I want to learn. I want to do new things, but I put it out there. I let people know, Hey, I want to do this. If you know how to do it, can you please teach me? And that's the main way I've done it with everything that I've learned is just really, really asking, this is what I want. I don't know how to do it. Help me. And that's how it's happened. So it's very nice to know that You have the power to do anything. Just ask for it, manifest it, because it's possible. This is incredibly powerful. I mean, starting from the beginning of that story where you were talking about beginning negative, not beginning at zero, beginning at negative 100 or 130,000 and having to figure your way out. You know, a couple of things come to mind, you know. One, it's this idea that I've heard and learned from Tony Robbins, and I'm sure others have said it as well, but it's that we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And you took that long-term view. You took that long-term view to see like what was possible. And a lot is possible. And it's not because it's easy. It's not because the resources were just standing by waiting to be grabbed. 
in all the cases, you had to create those resources. You had to develop those resources and do your part. But one of the things you shared, I think that is incredibly helpful for anybody listening, is the power of focus. You know, you went all in on these goals that you set when you decided that the eBay business was how you were going to pay off your student loans faster. You went all in on that. You made sure that you gave your absolute best to do that until you hit that target. Then you hit that target and you went back to your mentors and said, hey, I just hit the target. It's been so many years, but now I want to set a new target. And they helped you set the investment target. And then because another idea that I've also learned from Tony Robbins, proximity is power. You took full advantage of being close to people who have these experiences and asked for help. You asked for more help. And again, to your point, you got to ask. You need to ask for what you want and what you need. And that's so important because another thing you shared, which I think is really important as well, is it's not just a miracle. It doesn't just kind of come to you eventually because you put it out there alone. You really have to go after it. I'll add this, you know, if you agree, it'll meet you halfway. It'll come the other half if you go the first half, but you really got to go at your half like harder than anybody and really intensely go. And that's what I'm hearing in every one of your stories. You went really hard for your half and it met you the other half of the way. And that's why you were able to achieve a lot of these things. Again, focus is key right here. Pick the goal, whatever it is, and go all in until you get it. You know, no compromising on it. And, you know, you kept finding it. You set new goals along the way. You activated your mentors. You asked for more help. You totally, you know, made the most of the proximity you had to so much financial intelligence so that you could learn and continue advancing your goals. Because paying off your debt was clearly one goal, but it wasn't your last one. Now it's like, hey, look, I want to be able to retire early. I want to be able to live life on my terms, financial freedom. And hey, you're going to activate your mentors to help you go get that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And one thing that I do want to share, and now that you mentioned it this way, one of the things that I've always done since I was in my teen years is that I like having my goals written down. So if you're seeing my room, I have a big mirror in my closet. Around the mirror, I have my goals. I drew it, I wrote it, and I try to go back to it every three to five years so I can cross things out and then make new goals. Recently, I just took down one of the ones that I had done about five years ago, The my life goals. It's like my bucket list, my life goals, everything, because I was able to cross out so many things. So I had to create a newer one. And one of the things that I love about it is that every morning that I'm just getting dressed, I'm getting ready, I have it right there in front of me. I actually was sharing this with a friend last night. I was showing her Sometimes we lose our path. Sometimes we don't have the energy. Sometimes we're too busy. But then when I see it, I'm just like, I have to make this happen because it's something that's going to bring me a lot of happiness. So I have my clear goals and I just have to find a way to make it happen. And something as simple, like I have all types of goals in my different areas of life, even one of them is going to all the hard rock cafes in the world because I love collecting the pins that are made and designed by each of the locations. And they usually have like 500 um, made for that specific location. So it's like, for me, that's also um, a challenge because I know I have to travel. I have to go to these places. I've been doing it now for many years and, and I love collecting those pins. That also gives me purpose. 
It gives me purpose in everything that I do. So I love music. So I love concerts. So I have a list of all the artists that I want to see in my life or right now. So I have all of them listed down. And as I see them, I place a star on, you know, like one through five to see like how great the concert is or was. I think I started with like 50 or something. And now I'm down to like, maybe I still have like, 10 left to see, which is amazing because, you know, like you just make those little goals. You can do small goals, big goals, anything. But then if you have them there where you see them, it's challenging yourself. You're challenging, hey, you have to do this. This is your goal. You have to complete it. Go and find a way to do it. Ask for help. Ask people. So I feel like it's one of the tools that has helped me throughout the years having it somewhere where I see it so I don't lose my north. I love that. I love that because there's something else that for me really stands out about listing those goals and having them so clearly written. Two things come to mind, actually. One, first of all, is that, again, going back to your focus, like that just keeps you really focused. You mentioned purpose as well and knowing why you're going after something and how important that is. When I combine those things, I'm like, you know what? I think the key insight here is that When you know what you want, why you want it, and stay focused on that, however long it takes, you get it done and it gets completed. And when I think back to my own goals and what I achieve versus what I don't achieve, there is one pattern that absolutely stands out perfectly clear. I think it's like a perfect record. And it's that anything that I have achieved, I have put my intense effort and focus into. I had strong purpose behind it. It doesn't mean that I have achieved all goals. In fact, my success rate on goals is probably under 50%, easily under, actually, I shouldn't say probably, easily under 50%, probably in the 20s, if I'm lucky. But what I learned from that is that sometimes I set goals that I don't have enough purpose behind, that I'm not willing to really be focused on. And sometimes we set goals that might be exciting in the moment, right? Because maybe friends are going after that goal and it sounds exciting. They seem excited, so I should be excited. Or we think like, oh, I should go after that too because society goes after that goal. So I should also want that goal as well. And then we write them down and all of that. But it's still, you know, they may not connect with us. They may not be aligned with our values, passion, and purpose. But the theme across any that I have achieved, first, clarity, powerful purpose, and then, of course, intense focus. And that's what I'm getting from all of your goals. And I love the one about the concerts, how you started at 50 and now you have 10 left. Because the other thing that that shares is that you are living your best life. Even though there are still bigger goals that you're going after, it's not like this is a long kind of indefinite-ish period of suffering or not being fulfilled or not having fun to get to this goal where this finally on this one day when you can retire, you will have fun. You're saying, no, I can have fun and be fulfilled the entire way to that goal. And well, we'll see what happens on that goal. And then I'll set a new goal when I hit that one. Because clearly that's your pattern. <laughs> you're going yes, yes. <laughs> to set a new goal when you get there. But I love that these concerts really do, a, a, because I feel like, you know, we all have probably been to at least some sort of a concert. And these are usually positive memories and really fun experiences, celebrations, like really nice times. And so having this goal, you're celebrating along the way. You're living your best life. You're doing the things that matter to you. Not everyone is going after concerts. For some, it might be something else, whatever that thing is. 
It might be building out really cool Lego constructions or creations, maybe once a year or whatever it is, and then having your list, you know, hit after so many years. But whatever the thing is, you know what it is and you're doing them. And so you're enjoying life as you go through all of this and build what it is that you want to build. Yes, definitely. And and it's funny that you mentioned again about the concerts because last weekend I went to see one of my, so I have been waiting for many years to see this band more like my entire life because I've been listening to them since I was a little girl. It's a Spanish rock band. It's called Enanitos Verdes. A lot of people who are in my life, they know that uh, about the concerts. They know that I'm very passionate about music. And when I go to a concert, it's because I'm going to be one of those people that will sing from the top of their lungs and then they just forget about everything around them. So last weekend, I got to see Enanitos Verdes. I'm 33 years old. I had been waiting for it my entire life. Wow. Yes. So I was waiting just for one song and the name of the song is Luz del Dia. I remember that through the concert, you know, I'm just like waiting for the song. I'm singing to every song and I'm waiting. And you know how artists like sometimes they just leave the stage and then you feel like it's done. It, the concert ended. Yep. My yep. heart was shattered. It's like in a billion pieces because they walked out and they still hadn't sang my song. And I was like, no, no. I'm just like, oh my God, I waited for like my entire life just to hear one song so I could sing it from the top of my lungs. This is like my favorite song, the one that I'm like, I'm trying to learn on a guitar. That's another one on my bucket list, like to learn to play guitar. I sat down and I was like, oh no, 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 no. And then out of nowhere... <laughs> They were not going to get their five stars, by the way. I'm guessing on your rating system. You were like, they just fell from five to one. Exactly my thoughts. Exactly my thoughts. I was like, this is, they're getting one star. I was like, no. And then they come out and they start singing it. My body, I felt like my body disconnected from my soul because my soul just went to the stage to sing with them. I was just like, oh my God, I love this moment. I always dreamt of being here, just listening to it live and singing it. It's such a beautiful Spanish rock, like romantic song. It's so amazing. And I was so happy. So then I came back home. And then of course, like how many stars did I give them? <laughs> of course. You probably added an extra one just in case. Yes. Oh, my God. You know, I love that because those are the magic moments. I mean, that's what life is really about at the end of the day. And that doesn't require you to hit your top financial goals, your top relationship goals, your top any kind of goal, health, wellness, fitness, whatever you want to call it, goals. This is just you creating these magic moments. These don't happen by accident. These happen with intention is what I'm learning from you. You started with a list of 50. You knew they were definitely going to be on your list. And you were down to, you know, 11. And thanks to that one a week ago, you're down to 10. You know, right there, I think that's the key there is that this was intentional. This was not an accident. This was by design. You set what you want to do and you go do those things. And I think that's just super important. You know, for me, this was like coming to these ideas and conclusions were really powerful for me along my journey because a lot of times I just thought, you know what, when I get there, that's when I'll celebrate. And I spent a big part of my journey kind of just doing it that way. When I hit that goal, then I can celebrate, then I can be fulfilled, or then I can, you know, enjoy life or whatever it might be. And those are values that 
I saw, you know, when I was in university, you know, just kind of like what we were told, right? You go work for a company. I graduated university in 2004. So that was kind of when things were starting to change, but we were still being brought up the old way. Like, hey, you're going to go find a really good company. You're going to probably change a couple times, but you'll work for long stretches in all these companies and then you'll retire with a lot of money, hopefully, if you've saved well and done your retirement planning and all of that. And then you can go and have a blast and take all the trips you want and enjoy life and all of that. And it was just like, wow. So I thought that's how it was going to be. But then I learned, no, we got to go after these moments now, here in the now. And they don't have to be super expensive. Sometimes it's not about the expense. Sometimes it's just about creating that magic moment any way you can. And and for me, it's been going to different soccer games around the world. And when I travel saying, you know what? No, I want to go see a game. I remember in fall of 2019, I was in Turin, Italy, for a conference. And Juventus, the football club around there, um, had Cristiano Ronaldo at the time. And I really wanted to go see a Cristiano Ronaldo game before he retires. Turns out, it seems he's never going to retire because he's 37 (laughs) and and still amazing. So I I guess I would have had more time. (laughs) But you you didn't know that back then. And so I was like, I got to go see him. And that wasn't an easy thing to do at the time. Scheduling conflicts, getting there, all of that, getting tickets for sold out games, all this kind of stuff. So many obstacles. But once I got there and I was sitting there and I walked into the stadium and I got to see him score a goal, by the way, (laughs) I was just like, my goodness, this is amazing. That was a five-star moment for me. Yes. (laughs) of course we know the feeling you know the feeling like of something that you really are passionate about that you love it's like those little moments you just you describe them as magic and it's funny because i describe them too as being magical every moment in my life even when i go hiking and i'm by myself i'm like this is a magical moment in my life because it's about the small things how you appreciate the small things that you love so for you i can't imagine like seeing um Cristiano Ronaldo and and just I know the passion that you put into it the energy and it's such a great feeling because it is about the little moments it is about the little things that make you happy and it's very nice that I'm I, we're doing this because I've always I know we disconnected for a few years we both were you know, doing our own things and everything. You live in New Jersey, I live in Connecticut. So we hadn't had the time to really get together again. But I was always following you on your Instagram and Facebook and everything, especially Instagram. I was following everything you were doing, even though you are doing your own thing know that what you post, what you show, it's also inspiration for others like me, because I always saw everything you were doing and everything you were writing about, you know, motivation, reinvention, and just so many great things about small like startups and things like that, because it was a line, it is a line with my path, with my life and everything that I'm doing. So all these things also complement what we do And those things are very important because sometimes like we're not telling everyone what we're doing, but sometimes we need to read things that feed our souls with positive information, with good information. And I love that you post a lot of great things because I read everything and it's feeding my soul with positive words, with positive affirmations. So I do thank you for that. And I'm so glad we reconnected. Because I feel like we empower ourselves and I think we push each other to do a lot of great things because we're very much aligned to make bigger things in life. So it's very nice. And and, and I love that you can relate to all the stories and everything because you do the same. 
Well, I first, I appreciate so much like what you said that that feedback, because that, that means a great deal to me, because a lot of what I'm posting, you know, I often think like, this is a way to show also what's possible. I have my own particular story and all of this. And maybe there's some people who relate to my story and, and how I grew up and all of those things. And now they hopefully see that, hey, this is possible. It doesn't always happen you know, right away or anything like that. But these moments are there. And and it means a lot to me that it connected with you. It helped you feel inspiration to continue on your own path. And I'm so glad that we've reconnected. And here we are recording this awesome episode where you get to share a lot of those stories. And as we come to the end of this episode, I wanted to talk about what's next for you because, you know, you're going through a reinvention again where you are moving away from some of these things that you have been doing for the last decade. And of course, you know, as you've shared, you've got these incredible guiding angels who are lined up and ready to support your goals, your next reinvention. But let's hear a little bit about that next reinvention. What are you looking to build? What's that new target that you're starting to set? And I know it's still evolving. So, you know, share as much as you can about that. Okay. Okay. Oh, this is the part that's like, oh my God, it's so exciting because it's very nerve wracking and also exciting. It has like all the emotions together put in one to just kind of like give you the background. Since I was a baby, I think I was three years old. I was always drawing. I was drawing. I was making like greeting cards. You know, I was drawing things and I was just selling them to my neighbors, my parents and everyone. I love giving something with a note. So throughout the years, I was always making greeting cards and things that had to do with drawing and making something crafty. I always made it only for those people who were crazy close to me because I was very afraid of letting other people see it because I was afraid of being judged. So I never really showed it to anybody. But then those close people mentioned to me, one of them is Wynn, Michael, and Luz Amanda, like a lot of people in my in my life, they said to me, like, you know, this is great. Why don't you turn it into a business? Why don't you try to just do something with this? And that's truly my passion. And I kept thinking for the past like six, seven years, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I gave it a name. It's Etchy Creations. Etchy Creations is a stationery store that has my own designs for the stationery, but I also want to incorporate women-owned businesses, so products made by other women, because I do want to empower more women to follow their passion, to do what they love, and to push hard to do something greater with their lives. So I do want to incorporate that, but mainly Etchy Creations has some parts to it with the stationary also focused on traveling because I do love traveling and I do a lot of solo traveling so I want to empower women to you know like they can buy my stationary the travel stationary but also follow the guides to empower themselves to travel alone along with that I have an Airbnb it's launching very soon for little retreats to bring relaxation like a little space for people who need to wind down a little bit with beautiful sites in the backyard, fire pit, everything, just very nice. But it, it aligns with my etchy creations because of the traveling, the stationary itineraries and things like that. So that's my new adventure. I'm still working on it. I'm building everything. My goal is to launch everything by November, including the website and designs and everything. So it's a lot of work. 
everyone supports me on this one. So I feel like, hey, yes, I can do this because sometimes we need that support that someone believes in what we're doing, especially me. Like, I mean, I know my story sounds like, oh my God, this is such a great story and everything, but I do have a lot of things that I have to deal with. One of my weaknesses is that I always feel like I don't want people to see me because I don't want to get judged. I don't know if I'm good enough for something. So I do have my doubts. I do have that part of me that sometimes when I'm starting something, I kind of hide and I'm just like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. So I really hide. And then I go on a, on a trip and I recharge and everything. I'm like, okay, no, 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 I can do this. Not everything's perfect, but those are the things that you have to fight every day. The things that you have to work on every day. Because for me, Etchy Creations has been a long life dream. And only this past two years is when I have been working on it. I just said, you know what? I don't want to regret anything when I'm 80, 85 years old. And then I look back, I don't want to say, hey, I could have done all these things, but I didn't do them because I was afraid. So the only thing stopping me from doing a lot of things is because I'm afraid. No, I don't want that in my life. So every day I'm fighting against that because I do want to make these dreams a reality. They're not based on the outcome of, oh, I want to become a millionaire out of this or like, you know, things like that. It doesn't have to do with financial part. Of course, I need finance because, I mean, everything's an expense. But for me, it means more than just a financial part. It means purpose in my life. It means something greater than what we can touch. So that's the part with Etchy Creations is my passion is my dream And no matter the outcome, I will know at the end of the day, hey, I did it. And I will try. And here's one thing I always feel like when you're doing your passion, when you're doing your dream, no matter how many times you fall, you're going to get up again because it's your dream. It doesn't matter if you put it aside, you'll come back to it. So for me, that's very important. And I keep that in mind because I know that sometimes I put it aside, but then I come back to it because I'm like, this is what makes me the happiest. And this is my biggest, biggest dream. I have to make it a reality. So right now that's my biggest reinvention and I'm enjoying the journey. I'm very nervous. I'm very anxious and everything, but I love it. I love that I'm doing it. I love hearing that because, you know, the way you just ended that, talking about how you're feeling, the anxiety, the nerves, all of that kind of stuff is, for me, like I've learned that that is a sign that you are stretching yourself. That's a sign that you're leveling up. If we don't feel those feelings, then we stay right where we are. I think sometimes we talk about these things as negative only, you know, these negative feelings as being only negative, like, oh, that must be a sign of a bad thing. Sometimes they're not a sign of a bad thing. Sometimes they're a sign of getting out of your comfort zone. And I feel like what you're doing now, this new reinvention and everything you've shared is definitely a stretch from what you have done in the past. But what really makes this one special is another thing that stood out from your story is that this all began like as a childhood dream. This began with things that were meaningful to you in your childhood. One of the things that really, for me, I think is an important insight or lesson to take away from this is that even if you couldn't pursue that childhood dream right away, it doesn't mean that it's done. It simply means that you're working on getting to the point maybe where you come back to that, where you are ready to execute that childhood dream. And I feel like the journey you took was 
in reality, preparing you for this moment because, goodness gracious, do you have some incredible experiences, skills, resources, guiding angels, all of these things that have to come together. You know, you're out of debt. You're now building, you know, your investments. So you have capital that you can invest in yourself as well. You've got these incredible mentors. You've got guiding angels all standing ready to support you in any way necessary to start moving towards your goals. You've grown in the process. You've seen what you can accomplish when you get hyper-focused on something and you know what it takes to be able to do that now. So now you got to do it again. The only difference is it's in a new area. And so there will be some of that anxiety, some of that nerves, but that's okay. You're going to go figure it out. You're going to make the most of all of the awesome people and resources you have around you that you have created, that you have built. I mean, you've essentially built yourself into the person. You've become the person that is now ready to take on this exciting childhood dream of yours and make this a reality. And time will tell how long this goal, this work will last. Maybe it's the rest of your life. Maybe it's 20 years of your life. You know, we'll maybe be recording an episode so many years from now and you'll be telling us where things are. But right now, you know, this is what you want. You're ready for it. And I absolutely love that about your journey because it all brought you to this point. And I think that sometimes we not just worry, but we consider it failure if we cannot pursue our childhood dreams or what we really want right out of the gates on day one. And so then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I didn't make it. That was a failure my childhood dream was a failure or what I really wanted to do when I was young clearly did not work out. It's time to pivot. And we almost embrace that like, hey, I tried, I failed, you know, like that's good to stand back up after failing. It doesn't have to be a terminal failure. You know, it could also be that maybe you need to come back to this later. Maybe there will be a better opportunity later when you're better positioned. And I know for me, some of the goals that I'm achieving now in my own life are things that I thought about 10 or gosh, how many years ago? 15 years ago when I started on my own journey to reinvention. And these are things that I thought about, that I dreamt about. I had no clue how I was going to get there. I didn't know when it was going to happen. But, you know, I knew that these were the kinds of things I wanted to do. And it took, a you know, a journey that took me to so many amazing places. And like we shared earlier, full of magic moments where we get to enjoy the ride. And then now I'm like, wow, all of this brought me to this moment. And just like it brought you to this moment, and now you're ready to take on this childhood dream. Yes, yes, definitely. Everything is just one step at a time. We don't have the answers for everything. We don't know what step to take next. But just having that goal in mind, just having focus and just dreaming about it. Like you mentioned, everything's intention. Every choice, every decision you make it's with a clear intention, then you're one step closer to what you dream about. And that's important. Absolutely. Well, I think this is a perfect spot to wrap our conversation up. Your stories are incredible. So many practical lessons that we can take away from all of this that we can all apply to our own journey to reinvention. And I think maybe one of the key themes here is that there are, I think, one, no two journeys that are alike. And so just because your situation doesn't match up with what we all think is supposed to be the situation or the standard kind of situation doesn't mean that this can't be achieved. Nobody standardized like, hey, let's all start with $130,000 of debt and try to figure out and get shut down from our first career option that we studied for, spent four years studying for, and that's why we got into all that debt. And now we got to pivot. 
hey, that doesn't mean that it's game over. That means that a new game has just started and it's time to get onto that and figure that game out. And that's what you did. You know, you figured out that there's no one size fits all recipe. You made it your own recipe as you took steps and made decisions along your journey. You went after things that resonated with you in the moment. You trusted yourself, you trusted your passions, your values, and you went after the things that mattered to you at those times. And new opportunities came up along the way. And today you are now a new person. You are closer to who you really are. And and I think that's made clear because you are now getting to really focus on your childhood dream. So talk about getting back to your core. It's like you've been growing, but growing into yourself. And now you get to actually realize your childhood dream and build it into, you know, the company of your dreams. I love the way you put it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, these are your stories. So I'm, I, I love the way you share your stories because it inspires me to really see this in such a like, I mean, gosh, it, it's so poetic the way it's come together. So thank you again so much for your time, for your insights, for your powerful stories and all the great lessons that we can take away from this. In the podcast episode, you'll be able to find links to connect with Erica on different platforms, and I'll make sure to share all of that. Plus, any websites you have that you want us to share with you know, our listeners, that will be shared as well. So, Erica, thank you again so much for all of your time, and we really appreciate it, and wishing you the absolute best on your next chapter, your next reinvention. And of course, you know you can count on me to help you out in, in any way that I can support. Thank you, Roger. Thank you so much. This has been lovely. I really enjoyed it. I I think it's the first time that I really share publicly my whole story. If it resonates with one person, then I think we have reached the goal, you know. Uh, so thank you so much for the invitation. I truly enjoyed it. And hopefully we'll connect with a lot of people through this. And I'll share all the links with you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the School of Reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.